Welcome to another edition of Politics and Madame Egberto Willisi host. Today I'm honored to be with Stephanie Thomas. Stephanie Thomas is the Secretary of State of Connecticut. Stephanie, welcome to Politics and Right. Thank you for having me. Well, Stephanie, uh, you know, the first question that I'm going to ask is this question I shouldn't, because <laughs> we shouldn't be going there. But it was shocking to me when, uh, when I saw you and you were presented as the Secretary of State of Connecticut, a state that I don't think I would have expected a black woman to be Secretary of State of. I mean, I, I'm sorry, like I said, it's a wrong <laughs> question, but, you know, I'm honest on this show. It's understandable. When I moved to Connecticut 10 years ago, mm -hmm. I would have never thought that a black person, least let alone me, would be Secretary of the State. Um, but here I am. <laughs> now, yeah. Tell me, first of all, how what kind of campaign did you run? I mean, it is something that I think, uh, first of all, it speaks well of Connecticut. Mm -hmm. That's that's mm -hmm. the first thing. But secondly, it's the it, it is something that I think you can impart on others as how how can you campaign in a state that doesn't necessarily look like you, yeah. but is it is looks at you and say you are the best qualified for sure. the job. I think it's really important. I always used to say on the campaign trail that voters are smarter than we think. Right. And what I found is that all voters, regardless of race, ethnicity, socioeconomic level, know how to spot the truth right. and know how to spot BS. Right. And I'm a truth teller um, and I'm also about empowering people, right. voters, to use their power. So I share with them information about how to make their voice heard. Um, in the secretary's race, there were seven other Democrats mm -hmm. running, also very diverse. Two Latinas, um, a black man, um, two Caucasian men, and someone else. Oh, and another black man. So it was a diverse pool. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that helped shift the conversation further. Um, as I mentioned to you, I'm the first black secretary that Connecticut has ever had. And we have a long history of allowing right. the black person to be our state treasurer. Right. It was a very progressive reform in the 60s. Mm -hmm. that, hey, let's get someone of color in right. the executive branch. Right. So it, there's always been a black person in the treasurer's right. role, but never anywhere else. And I'm not about quotas. I think I just went out there, told the truth, and proved that I was the best candidate. And it, it shows. Now, what does the Secretary of State uh, in, your, in your state in mm -hmm. Connecticut do? Oh, so um, in Connecticut, we do many things, but the two biggest things, we're in charge of business services. Mm -hmm. So anytime someone wants to start a business or nonprofit, they go through our office. But the reason secretaries of state are sort of on the radar nowadays, we also oversee the administration of elections. Right. Um, so I don't need to tell you how important it is to make sure that people have access to the ballot, that uh, elections are safe and secure, and that we are always just thinking about what's coming next versus what has been right so you are in charge of elections in connecticut yes. so if anything goes wrong in connecticut we're you know looking where at, to look. we, we got to look at you now well i'm gonna say no because mm -hmm. so every state is different and people mm -hmm. don't realize that in connecticut we are not organized by county 
Oh, so really? Every single town administers their own election. So right. we have 169 towns. Okay. And they are elected. The people who administer right. are elected in their town. Right. Funded by their town. Right. But we have to make sure they're properly trained. We have to make sure they're following all the laws, and we have to make sure um, as much as we can that we are backstopping so that nothing bad happens. So in in Connecticut, does everybody live in a town or because, you know, like in Texas, there are rural areas and that sort of stuff that are not incorporated. Is that different in? uh... Nope, it's the same. So we have a rural area, a coastal area. We have big cities. I believe our smallest town has about 800 people Uh and our largest about 140,000 and everything in between. So then it's everybody associated with a town, even even if they're not. Uh, do, even if they're not within, let's say, the, the town limits or city limits or whatever, they are associated. They are associated with the town. With, yes, with, exactly. With the town. Well, I'd like you to tell uh, tell the folks out there and specifically progressives, um, yeah. if they want to launch a campaign that, that many would think would be fairly hard to, to, to win, mm-hmm. how would you suggest that? they start your campaign. How did you start your campaign? Because uh, like I said, I I think it is impressive that again, and you said the field was seven strong Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. mentioned you had a runoff thereafter. Mm And you had to win in a runoff yep. as well. Yep. And I, and you did. I it. won a convention, a primary, and a general. So three elections oh, wow. all rolled up in one. Right. Um, but my political career, um, the advice I would give is yeah. to simply believe in yourself. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have to run and lose, and that's okay. Had you ever lost? I ran for the state house. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never involved in politics. I started paying attention, and I didn't like what um, my state representative was saying and how she was voting. So I decided to just throw caution to the wind. I knew nothing. Right. I had to petition onto the ballot. Right. I had no campaign manager. I mean, a friend of mine who lives in Brooklyn and yeah. I live in Connecticut and uh-huh. Brooklyn, New York, started helping me out. I had really? very little. I had nothing going for and me. You, wait, wait, wait. You just got involved because you got pissed off. I got pissed off. Yes. Okay. So and I thought um, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And and no one had run against this woman for three election cycles. Oh, really? And I said, that's not even a democracy. Mm-hmm. People, Voters need choice. Right. So I actually didn't think I could win, but I thought it's important to do it. So I ran, and guess what? I lost. Right, but you, you <laughs> but, got to taste it. But only a by a few hundred votes. Oh, wow. So then you started to say you could win. But I'm going to tell you another story, if we have time. Yes, we do. I decided we got a huge Democratic majority that year in our state house, state senate, and our governor. So I'm like Democratic trifecta. I don't need to run again. It's not based on my ego. But there was one law that I was really passionate about, Uh and that's early voting. Right. Connecticut is one of only four states in the country that has no early early voting. voting. And with a Democratic trifecta, it still didn't pass. So I said, wait, 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 did they have a bill to pass? There was a bill, yes. And it, it just didn't get all the support I thought it could. So I said, you know what? I need to get there and see what's happening. Yeah. So I ran again 
and I won. Right. And um, in Congress. No, in, in this is state. our state house. Okay, in the, uh, I mean, in, yeah, in the state, state house. house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, so I won, and I asked to be on the elections committee, mm -hmm. uh, and I was appointed vice chair. Mm -hmm. um, so I was able to really get in there See and do what was everything. Really yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, long story short, uh, Connecticut mm -hmm. has early voting now, and we will wait, be wait, rolling wait, wait. it are out next saying, year. Are you saying that you went on there, became the vice chair, and you pulled those guys' legs and said, we are going to do this? Not me alone. I Advocates yeah. have been working on yeah. this forever. But I think just making sure it's top of mind, because people get distracted with so right. many other issues. Right. And I'm like, without all these voting reforms, every other issue withers on the vine right. and dies. I want to stop you a second for the audience. <laughs> I, I want you to really listen uh, to what uh, Secretary of State, I noticed I read again because I, I mixed some of these positions yeah, up, yeah. Uh, Thomas has to say. She was a person existing in her state. She saw something that was wrong and she engaged and she put herself on the line she lost her first election. It did not deter her. Mm -hmm. She ran for the second one, won, but she didn't only win, but she went with a coalition and got the change that pissed her off off in the first place and got it changed. That's what I call democracy. And yes. that's what I call an activist getting what needs to be done. And we can all done. do it. We all have to try we at least. We all have to try it. So we're, we're moving on. You got that passed. Yeah. So um, our secretary of state mm -hmm. decided she wasn't going to run for re-election, mm -hmm. a Democrat. And I thought, wow, that job sounds great mm -hmm. because it focuses on two things I love. I'm right. a business owner. Right. I, um, uh, I had always worked in the nonprofit mm -hmm. sector my entire career, started my own fundraising consulting firm for right. nonprofits. So I love businesses. So right. the secretary's office handles business. Right. And I love democracy and yeah. making sure people, you know, I think... Um, this so we live in a representative democracy and i think we are living in the american myth mm -hmm. that what that means is you vote and then poof like magic everything works out right. and we all know activists know that's not like how that. things happen so i'm trying to affect a culture shift right. in what a representative democracy means yes we elect people to represent us but then we have to back up that vote. <laughs> we have to stay involved the other 364 days yes. a year, by the way, to make sure when I was in the state house, a bill would come up and I would say, oh, I wonder how my constituents feel. I might hear from three people. Right. We got to start voicing not only big picture, like I believe in clean air. Right, we right, all do. Right. But what's the bill number? Right. <laughs> like, yeah, is exactly. there a bill up? That's actually going to affect that change. Yes. And yeah. how do we get that bill passed? Right. Or how do we get that bill tweaked? Right. Language changed. And you only do that with advocacy. You got to go testify. You have to send in your emails. You right. got to make those phone calls. You got to have meetings with your legislators. And I was just even early voting, something I was so passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, we have to change our constitution. So it went to a ballot measure. 60% mm -hmm. of voters voted yes, they wanted early voting. Right. But then the bill came up for what should it look like? Should it be one day? Should it be 30 That's days? That's early voting could be one day, right? And it could be one day. Yeah. It could be two hours, exactly, right? There right. were some people yeah. who were like, well, let's just do it for half a day. And some people said 45 days. Mm -hmm. So we all went out. We sent emails like, please come testify. Right. 
Do you know how many people showed up to testify? I'm scared to ask. About 65 people. You know, that's not too bad, eh? That is bad if you want change. Well, yeah. In other words, if, if it were uh, something that wanted massive up, but you would think that yeah. they would be crowded so in the room. we yeah. just got... People just got lucky that the Secretary of State right. and the committee were le- the committee chairs right. were leaning toward like two weeks. Right. But what if they were leaning toward one day then, and no one showed up? Right, right. One so day. people you know, you know, always wonder like why the bill didn't get shaped a certain way. Yeah. Often it's because not enough you people know, it, showed it's up. It's sad that when you said 65. You thought it was good. I thought it was good, right? Six, 60% of voters said they want it. So right. in real numbers, that's probably in that election, um, probably half a million people. Right. And of half a million, 65, 65 Yeah, it's up. not good. It's not good. You're right. That's not good. That's not good at but all. But yeah, so then, so after you got all your work done and you proved yourself mm-hmm. in the legislature. Mm-hmm. Uh, you then decided I'm moving to higher office because now that I've got this law on voting passed, I want to administer the damn thing. Yes. And how did that happen? Um, you know, it was audacious. I mm-hmm. won't lie. Right. <laughs> because at that point, I had only served one year in right. the House uh, when I decided to run. And as I said, there were seven other Democrats. Right. Um, and some people, you know, always say, like, wait your turn. Right. Or you haven't been here that long. Right. Most people had no idea who I was. Right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Because I hadn't been involved in politics. Yeah. But, um... My mother didn't raise someone afraid. She raised someone that's going to challenge the system. And I just thought I would regret it if I didn't try. Because I really thought I had something different to say than the other people running. Mm -hmm. And it was not based on ego. We passed a lot of election law over the last two years. And I felt like this was a time for a secretary who's really focused on implementation. And I felt I have a management degree. I own my own business. And it just felt like I would be a good tactician for this time um, versus more policy. Right. So I did it. You did it. And I won. You won. I know, but you won three times. Yes. The the, the Convention. convention. Yeah. The primary. primary and the main thing. Yes. Okay, what would you have liked me to ask you that I didn't? That's oh my always gosh. my last question and it always comes to you. Oh, you know, what I would like I, to talk about, I do, part of the reason I ran mm-hmm. is civic literacy okay. is what we're missing oh in this country. Yes. Yes. Because yes. no entity has ever been responsible for yes. it. So if the State Department of Education doesn't think it should be taught or doesn't have the resources, it's left to chance. Yes. And I believe we will never fully realize this representative democracy. We will never have policies that match the will of the people. Mm -hmm. When you think about how many popular things the people believe in that never get enacted, Part of that is because we all are suffering from a lack of civic literacy. That is so, so true. But I mean, the good thing is we yeah. can all learn it. Yes. And I say it's like anything else. If you play a sport one day a year, you're crap at it. Yeah. But if you practice every you day, can, you every can look week. look like you're great at it. And we live in a time with the internet. And almost every public meeting in every state is online. You can watch it or you can go to it. And that gives you an opportunity to understand the language, to understand the details, to understand who supports and who's a foe. 
And we have to learn how to intervene in all branches of government um, at the local level, state level, federal level to make our voice heard. So Secretary of State <laughs> of Connecticut, Stephanie Thomas, thank you so You're kindly so welcome. for having been on Politics Done Right. Thank you. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share.